You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. On this next episode of They Call Me Mr. You, we're taking a ride on a ship, baby. Relationship, friendship, companionship, fellowship, all kinds of ships. We're going to talk about them all in great detail. Where you going? Who's going with you? Can they go with you? We'll discuss it all on the next episode of They Call Me Mr. You, which starts right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. We your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. You know how we do it in season two. I'm your host, Mr. You. Come on. Ah, 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 yeah, ah, yeah. Welcome back to the All-Purpose Pod. For an all-purpose life, we're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. We're in season two, and I'm loving it. Wherever you are, however you're hearing our podcast today, thank you so much again for making a Call Me Mr. You part of your morning, your day, and your week. I hope we're your favorite podcast, too. That'd be awesome. We're taking a ride on the ship, baby. Hope you guys don't get seasick. It's going to be quite a journey. I'm bringing an English major out of retirement just for today's episode. So get ready. But before the episode's over, you understand why I'm asking these questions to you today. Who are you connected to? Who's in the room with you? See, your environment influences your result. Do you feel comfortable where you are? Is that a good thing? Or is it a negative? What are the things that make you move? What are the things that make you stop and stall out? What are the things that stop you in your tracks and make you sedentary? What pushes you? Who pushes you? What causes you to retreat? What causes you to move forward? Who causes you to drift back into old habits? What makes you change your mind? See, the way that you think is a direct correlation to your trajectory in life, in connections, in business, in ministry, in everything, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a ride on the ship today. Hope you all get something out of the journey. If you've been tracking with us for any of our two seasons so far, you know we offer a biblical and hopefully down-to-earth approach to spiritual and professional development. Like we always say, we we a weekly mirror check before you go change the world. We know that your world changes. We know that you are chain breakers, but some self-evaluation can never hurt us. It can only help us. Now, if you don't trust religion on its face, we try to offer a more relational perspective to what the word of God says about you. That being said, everything that you hear is labeled spiritual or professional development is not automatically accepted here. We don't just take it all and just put it all in one big pot and say here. And pass it out to everybody like candy. There's a lot of things that we can't get behind. So I want to share some ideas with you guys as we move forward into the idea of spiritual and professional development. 
as we're taking a ride on the ship today. Now, world-renowned personal development expert Jim Rohn classically said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that means everybody in your life counts. He said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that means everybody in your life counts. Another quote that we hear so often in professional circles says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now, what do you think about these sayings? Do you agree with them? Do you agree with one and not the other? Do they accurately describe your specific situation? If you're being honest, or is there a flaw in these philosophies? See, we're only in season two, but I've already figured out that some folks, not calling no names, obviously. We got a lot of faithful listeners. But some folks are looking for answers to be given. Revelation to be served up on a platter like a la carte. But uh -uh, we're not doing that. We need to go back to our former profession and become thinkers again. Those two are saying some of the most common things that you hear. But do you agree? Why do you agree? What's your basis for agreeing with those terms? Because they're well-renowned? They're very commonly located? Why do you not agree with those? Now, as much as I believe in doing self-audits as much as possible, right? Weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Come on, are you with me? You tracking? I believe in doing self-audits as much as possible. But there's some aspects of professional development ideas that we get or we're surrounded by I simply can't get behind. Now, I'm associated with some men and women that are multimillionaires. Really. I know some millionaires. And they are as successful as you can get. Now, did that somehow raise my stock in life because I know them? Did surrounding myself with these people who are doing better than I am raise that average that Jim Rohn was talking about? If it weren't for that same mentality, there'd be no such thing as a groupie. How many folks like groupies? Raise your hand. Not one hand probably going up at all. Because groupies is something that nothing to be proud of. That's not a goal to achieve. When I grow up, I want to be a groupie. Nobody says that. See, there's a lot of data out there for this kind of stuff. So if you want to find it, it's not going to be hard to find. There's no shortage of information, but you're more, than like, you're more likely to be the sum of everyone in your life, in my opinion, than just five people you spend time with the most. I have a lot of examples. I try to give a good one if I can. You might have had an overbearing parent or a judgmental older sibling that you only see at Christmas because that's all you can take from them. And they can have as much influence over the kind of person you are, the way you act, the way you respond, than all your friends combined. In other words, they may be having taking a real estate in your head, dictating from a distance how you live your life. You could hear that voice telling you what to do and what not to do. This is the real thing that happens to people. So this is not about five people. This is about the sum of everybody in your life, all the contribution that people make, good and bad, to your life. You are affected by your environment. Now it's time to start evaluating that environment and making some adjustments. Let's take a ride on that ship. See, I don't think we discussed this enough, but the power of association is key to why we thrive and even why we fail. It's part and parcel to why we soar to higher heights 
or languish in mediocrity. It's why we spend 40 years on 11-day journeys. It's why we don't see ourselves as anything more than the sum total of those around us. We are severely limited enough to believe the lie from the depths of hell that says the sky is the limit. It's not. I'm sure you've heard this, but we are created for connection. Did you know that? Were you aware that being an antisocial hermit slash recluse is not natural? You were made to fellowship. You were made to connect. You were made to be social. You were made to be creative. You can be thrown in a pit and left for dead. You can be falsely accused. You can be all kinds of things. But relationships can't be avoided. You were created for it. You were made for it. It's part of your DNA. To do anything outside of that is an unnatural step. You were made to share interests with brothers and sisters and friends. You were made to be in kinship. Now, I know the elephant in the room is that, you know, we get hurt sometimes within the confines of these relationships. Everybody gets hurt. Correct? Agreed? People betray you. They misunderstand you. You can be falsely accused. And you can be entrusted to lead other people and help people and serve people. You can experience the great joys of a lifetime in unconditional love and support. It can go both ways. It's the risk that we must take because of who we are. But don't get it twisted. Don't misunderstand what I'm sharing with you today. You were made for this. You're built for this. It's all over t-shirts nationwide and even talking heads on ESPN of all places are trying to use this as a cool catchphrase. But Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Have you ever seen iron and iron touching each other? Have you ever seen it before? Whether it be in documentaries or maybe in videos about uh, metalworking or working in a factory. Have you ever seen iron hit iron? You know what happens? Sparks. Sparks happen. When iron hits iron, sparks happen. If you're sharpening iron, one iron with another iron or with some other metal, sparks happen. That literally can happen without some kind of closeness, some kind of impact on each other from that closeness. There has to be a proximity. There has to be connection. There has to be a coming together, a clashing, a friction. We sharpen each other through interaction. There's sparks because they might not feel good. It might hit some, some, some tough spots. So we do ourselves a disservice. We do ourselves a disservice when we're not engaging in this way. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That comes through engagement. Not being isolated. I know a lot of people who have avoided any kind of relationships, any kind of ships, because they've been hurt before. Because somebody betrayed them. I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't take that approach after he was betrayed, after he was lied on and falsely accused, after he gave his life for a wretch like me, right? Isn't that how the song goes? I'm so grateful that he didn't do that. I'm encouraging us today that we can't do it either. 
It's not where we are supposed to be. It's not where we're called or predestined to be. One of my favorite all-time passages is Hebrews 10 and 25. Now, if you're comfortable staying at home and per se not, not going to church and not being involved in organized church services, I'm not saying that to offend you. Hopefully it inspires you. But the verse says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This passage is telling us that this is not the time to pull away and isolate ourselves. Tell me this, who is the eventual and most likely third course for that lion that's hiding in the brush? The antelope running in lockstep with his brothers and sisters or the antelope that gets distracted and stops keeping pace with the rest of the pack? Who's the lion's next dip meal? Who's the lion's dinner? If you ever watch Wild Kingdom, you know how that movie ends. The same thing happens every single time. It should be a great object lesson for us, but we still do it today. Rather than run with the pack, we isolate ourselves because somebody did something to us or they hurt our feelings. And we become isolated and we're easy, easy prey for the lion or the leopard or any other predator that wants to take us down. Let's be real here. Whether it's a relationship, a fellowship, or a friendship, our adversary does not play fair. Do we agree? Your enemy is always trying to find the easy win, the easy W. They're not going to rush a pack of elephants that are in motion. They wait until they can find one on the fringe. The lion waits until the porcupine or the warthog is in isolation, and then they strike. Like any other animal, they're opportunistic. Like any other enemy, they're opportunistic. They attack the weak and the isolated. But when we're together, we're strong. See, that's the power of numbers. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put what? Ten thousand to flight. When we defy that scripture because the church hurt or because somebody offended our sensibilities, we isolate ourselves away from the watchful eyes of prayer and support in a community. And we take the privacy and comfort of our bedrooms and and put it as priority and the enemy strikes. We're on the beach taking in the sun and a good book. Instead of being in a fellowship, the enemy attacks. We're out shopping Sunday morning, trying to find some good discounts, but carrying around our hurt along with those bags, the enemy attacks. Opportunistically attacking the lone antelope that has strayed away from the pack. That's what predators do. What I'm trying to get across to you is that there's power in community. That's why they call it community, common unity. A group of people living in the same place, having a particular characteristic in common, sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Before you look for that passage of scripture that supports your assertion that staying home with the Lord is better than being in the house of the Lord. Let's read some of Psalms 133 together, shall we? And it reads, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. The heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Zion. For from the realm of sweet harmony, God will release his internal blessing 
his eternal blessing, excuse me, the promise of life forever. You have to understand all symbolism. Understand this part. God sees brothers and sisters in harmony together in unity as being wonderful and delightful. He also sees it as being precious and sacred. He also sees it as refreshing to have that kind of harmony in your midst. He also says that he will command the blessing on those that are in this level of harmony and unity. That's all you need to know. Words like delight and living in unity, precious and sacred, sweet harmony, eternal blessings and promises. It's not hyperbole to get you hype. It's a wonderful and sweet expression of what happens when we come together in unity. Not isolation. There's value in it for all of us. Tell me this. What's more effective? An AA meeting that's run through a teleconference or 12 people in a room looking at each other, expressing their feelings to each other, watching each other's body language, witnessing their tears, the inflection in their voices as they openly share their struggles, and the intensity of standing up in front of strangers and saying, I need help. I don't have it all together. If I can do it, you can too. Which is more powerful? Think about it. Think about it. Many years ago, the Lord showed me something awesome that I want to share with you guys today. Now, if you spend any time talking to me or on my social media, I emphasize riding on the ship a lot. I talk about relationships a lot. It's very important to me. It matters to me. I strive to do it well. Some may say I fail, but who doesn't, right? I'm still working on it, but I committed to doing that. Good news for you. Now, it's important to me as his family and relationships in general. But I was granted a perspective on the Old Testament tabernacle. It's a pattern that reveals something to, to me about intimacy. See, there are outer courts, which is where everybody mingled, even dogs and non-believers, people who were totally not familiar with the things of God. They were allowed to dwell in the outer courts, no problem. Then they had the inner courts, which was considered the connection point between the outer courts and the dwelling place of God or the holies of holies. Then there's the innermost courts, which is called the holies of holies, where only a very few are able to dwell in or be able to approach. Usually people who are ordained as priests bringing sacrifices. That was considered the meeting place of God. The priest would go to God and get instructions there. The priest would bring him out of the holies of holies into the people. The people would not be able to come into this place. It was considered sacred. So what was revealed to me, the perspective that I received was that the outer courts is about familiarity, acquaintances and associates, people who are friendly but not committal, non-committal, co-workers, fellow parishioners or whatever. The inner courts, close friends, family members, mentors, long-time life coaches, somebody in a leadership position in your life, somebody you're going to care about, they can be there. But the innermost is reserved for the spouses, perhaps. In some cases, siblings, maybe one or two trusted confidants that you can rely on to tell you the truth without ever failing. They are the closest to your heart, and because they are, they can hurt you the deepest because you're fully exposed to them. This helped me prioritize my relationships. I wasn't bent out of shape when something goes wrong. Maybe it'll help you out. Friendly, friendship, fellowship, partnership, ownership, companionship, stewardship, lordship, championship, entrepreneurship, relationship. The ship in this case is the prefix for all you English majors out there. 
that multiple entities are going in the same direction. It speaks to movement. It speaks to travel. It speaks to a state of office, a specific quality. See, every one of those words that I just said requires quality and skill. They don't work out accidentally. They require effort from those who want to see them grow and develop, blossom and bloom. It takes a level of skill to have a solid, fruitful partnership. There's trial and error and sweat equity and whatnot, but it takes intentionality and it takes effort. It takes a dedication to quality to obtain good stewardship and ownership. It takes attention to detail and a commitment. A commitment to being a good steward. A commitment to being disciplined in attaining a championship or to walk in victory in some way. It takes humility and vision to have a lasting, valuable friendship or fellowship or companionship even. All 10 of those words, friendship, fellowship, partnership, ownership, companionship, stewardship, lordship, championship, entrepreneurship, any kind of relationship, and so many others, describes unity, heading in the same direction with a common goal to achieve a desired outcome. Now, I don't know what ship you're on right now. I can only assume who's driving. But if you're not on the right one, I wouldn't even wait until it gets to port. Jump off. Save yourself and swim to land and wait for the next ship, the right ship. See, I've gotten on the wrong train before and had to wait for the next stop 15 minutes later and be off course. I've gotten off at the wrong exit on the interstate while traveling and had to turn around, losing precious time on my commute because I wasn't aware of my surroundings. But it's a long day for you to get on the wrong boat. Just ask Jonah. Heading in the wrong direction and you happen into a storm? Oh boy. You might get thrown off just like Jonah did. Or you can throw yourself off. Admit your mistake and reevaluate what you really need to be doing in your life and who you need to have in your life. Who you're aligned with and who you shouldn't be aligned with. Who you're connected to and who you should disconnect from. See, in this walk, you'll find plenty of enticing ships offering great destinations. But don't be deceived. As wonderful and awesome as you are, there are specific destinations just for you. And everybody can't go where you're going, and they can't take everybody with you when you go. There's a path reserved for only a few, and sometimes a path only reserved just for you. So I'm going to ask you again. Who are you connected to? Who's in the room with you? Your environment influences your result. Are you comfortable where you are? Is that good? Was that a bad thing? What are the things that make you move? What are the things that stop you in your tracks and make you sedentary? What pushes you? What drives you? What encourages you? What inspires you? What motivates you to move? What motivates you to serve? Who caused you to go back into old habits and drift back into negative patterns? Are they on the ship with you right now? I don't know about you. Although this episode was short, it's something to hear for all of us. So I, I hope you really received it. I hope you enjoy what you heard. At the same time, it makes you think, makes you reevaluate. I don't know what ship you're on, but we all have access to many of them. You need to choose the right one. Be strong evaluators. Be strong vetters of people and situations. Discern where we are. Be honest about where we need to be. And make good decisions. 
Hope you enjoyed the journey. I promise you this one thing. No matter where you're going, no matter where you're headed, you'll never be alone. We appreciate you guys so much for supporting us, wherever you are, however you're hearing our podcast today. Thank you again for making it Call Me Mr. You, part of your morning, your day, and your week. Take a ride on the ship, baby. Enjoy the ride. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.